Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. John chapter number four. Now I want to pick up reading in verse number six. The Bible said in John chapter four, verse number six. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, set thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. And his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy me. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him sir give me this water that I thirst not neither come hither to draw. I want to talk to you about this for a little while this morning. Give me this water. Give me this water. Now father I pray over the next few minutes this morning, God, that you'd help us your will would be done. God, you know the need of the service. I pray God that you'd touch us today. I pray God that you'd touch our throat today. I pray God that you'd touch us physically today. God, I pray Lord that you'd touch us spiritually today. God, there's not a doubt in my mind somebody needs to hear the words, Father, that you'll say through us today. So I pray Lord that you'd use us, breathe on us today, help us today, God, and we'll give you the thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Again, I want to look into these verses for just a little while and talk to you about this subject today. Give me this water. Give me this water. Now, like I said, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. If you've been in church any time at all, if you've been around the house of God any time at all, you've heard um, uh, passages read from here or uh, messages preached from here. and um, You've heard preachers talk about this passage of Scripture. Matter of fact, one uh, thing that is preached out of a lot, out of John chapter number 4, uh, is that of worship out of verse number 24. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth and how true that is today how we need to worship the Lord 
But here's what I'm interested in today. Simply the subject of salvation today. And how this lady right here uh, comes to know the Lord uh, as her personal Savior. Let me show you three things this morning. Uh, then we'll go home. Number one, when I come to this passage of Scripture, I see this. I see a very wicked sinner. I see now you need you really need to help me today because if you'll help me today it'll make me think I'm doing good okay I see a very wicked sinner right here when we come to this passage of scripture and we begin to study her life this lady uh, has lived a very wicked life she has lived a very very wicked life matter of fact all the other women that knows her all the other women that is around her uh, hates this lady right here because of the lifestyle she has lived. I see a wicked, wicked sinner whenever we come to this passage of Scripture. I want you to know something about that woman. Look at her isolation right here. In verse number 17, the Bible said this, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. I have no husband. Look what Jesus says back to her. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband for thou hast had five husbands uh, and he whom thou uh, now hast is not thy husband you know what Jesus does uh, uh, Jesus calls her out for the sin that she's living in uh, Jesus said you're right lady uh, uh, you don't have a husband matter of fact you've had five husbands uh, and you're shacked up now you're living with somebody now uh, uh, that's not even your husband her isolation no wonder it was the middle of the day uh, when she went to the well everybody else all the other ladies went early in the morning to the well but she went late that day or what they would consider late she went at high noon she went at the hottest part of the day why? Uh, because she didn't want to see nobody else uh, all the other women hated her all the other women wanted nothing to do with her she was the talk of the whole town because of the life that she was living her isolation right here she was set apart because what because of the sin she was living in because of the sin that she was living in now let me say something to you today and don't take this wrong but let me say this to you today it's very easy to look down our nose at other people's sin and forget about our own Amen. Now, they should have been about 180 amens right there. It's very easy to look down our nose at someone else and say, oh, oh, Christy, uh, she's a heathen. Now, I agree with you, but I'm just picking. But it's easy to say that about somebody else. It's easy to judge everybody else. But you know what the Bible said? The Bible said that if we're guilty of one, uh, we're guilty of all of them. Every one of us sitting here today, hey, we was isolated uh, from the presence of God uh, because of our sin uh, and because of the condition uh, uh, that we was living in. Her isolation as a wicked sinner her isolation nobody else and you know matter of fact watch this and I'm not going to take time to read it all even the disciples high nosed her when they walked by no doubt she's coming out of the town she's coming out of the town to the well 
The disciples are going into the town. No doubt the disciples passed this lady on the way. All 12 of them passed her on the way in. And you know what? None of them took time to tell her about Jesus. None of them took time to say, hey, just over the horizon, there's a man sitting on that well right down there. That will absolutely change her. Why? Because she was a Samaritan. I don't have time to deal with every bit of that, but the Samaritans and the Jews didn't have no dealings with each other. The Jews looked at the Samaritans as a crossbreed whenever you study it out, and they had nothing to do with them. The Jews thought they was better than the Samaritans. Hear me and hear me well. We're better than nobody today just because we're saved, just because we're in the church house. It does not mean that we're better better than anybody. Every one of us is wicked, vile, hell-deserving sinners, but for the grace of God, that's where we would all be. So before we isolate anybody, we better realize we was once in the same condition. Her isolation, not only her isolation, but look at her ignorance this morning. Verse number 10, the Bible said this, Jesus answered and said unto her, now, here's a big little word. You, you watching it? If. That's a very big little word. You say, well, why you say it's big and little? Because it's just got two letters. Okay, that's little. But there's a lot of things can happen. If. If. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land, forgive their sins. If, notice this in verse number 10, if thou knewest the gift of God. So you know what that tells me today? That she was ignorant to what God could do for her. She was ignorant to it. She didn't realize really what God could do for her. Oh, somebody help me this morning. She didn't realize really what God could do for her. She didn't realize this man that she was talking to. He wasn't just a Jew, but he was the God man. He was the creator of all the earth. He was the one that could transform her life. He was the one that could give her living water that she would never thirst again. If thou knewest the gift of God... Her ignorance. And I want to show this to you. I want to say this to you today. And I'm going to move on. I wonder how many people would get saved if they only knew. If they only knew. Just a couple weeks ago, I was preaching at Temple Baptist Church here in Mount Airy on a Tuesday night. And um, 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 brother, brother somebody was there. Why can I not remember his name? Anyway, he's with B-Salt. One of the missionaries with B-Salt. They was talking about um, the, the different things that they do with B-Salt. And during that time, uh, as I got ready to preach, I talked to them about our Operation 5000. Matter of fact, some of the people sitting in this church today is here because of Operation 5000. And I talked about that lady that you led to the Lord in that apartment. It was like 70-some years old, wasn't she? 70-some years old in Mount Airy, North Carolina, and had never heard the gospel. 
You know what? There's a lot of people that's wicked sinners simply because of ignorance. Nobody has ever told them. And what we do, somebody help me right here. I'm going to need a witness right here. What we do is we put ourselves on this level and say there's no way that I'm going to that house and telling that person about God. Well, what if God would have looked at you one day and said there's no way I'm coming by your way and speaking to your heart. But he didn't. He loved you. And may God help us to put isolation to the side and go tell the ignorant that there is a God that really does love them and that will change their life. Now will change their life if, if, if she only knew, if she only knew, she may bring the greatest revival that ever hits the face of the world. I'm headed somewhere with that statement, remember it. If she only knew. We was coming down the road the other day and, uh, I'd been watching this house and some new people had moved in it. And I could just tell that there was probably a little bit on the rough side, Brother Josh. And I'd just been watching. Every time I'd drive by trying to catch somebody outside. The other day I came by and somebody was standing out. Matter of fact, there were several standing out there. So you know what I'd done, Brother Tim? I locked it down, jaked it over in that driveway jumped out matter of fact I had a tie on I normally don't visit all the time in a tie but I had a tie on and there several people standing out there I said hey guys what's happening not much you I said hey look I'm a preacher I pastor Amazing Grace Baptist Church just right down the road and I want you to come to church with me one was sitting on the front porch and he said, I'm a, I don't know what he said his name was, and he held up a big bottle of beer and he said, I'm a drunk. And I said, well, I'm interested in you. Let me tell you what he done. He run in the house. I guess he's waiting on me to pull out a badge and take him to jail or something. I don't know. He run in the house. I started talking to those guys. You know what I found out, Brother Tim? That's just common people like I was. May God help us not to isolate society. Yeah, man. May God help us to not isolate. I see a wicked sinner. But then I see this number two this morning. Let me move quickly. Number two this morning. I see a wonderful Savior. I see a wonderful Savior. I see a... Can I just say it again? A wonderful Savior. A hashtag wonderful Savior. Y'all hearing me this morning? I see somebody that loved her in spite of everything that she had done. I see somebody that cared for her in spite of everything she had done. Even though, even though she had practically lied to him in the beginning of the conversation. He still cared for her. I see a wonderful Savior. Let me show you something about it. Look at His grace in verse number 4. And He must needs go through Samaria. He must needs go through Samaria. Now when you study this, the Jews would intentionally go miles around Samaria 
to keep from going through Samaria simply because of the Samaritans. They wanted nothing to do with the Samaritans. Wanted nothing to do. But watch what Jesus does. Instead of doing what everybody else does and going around this crowd, Jesus says, I think I'll go right down into where they're living at. His grace this morning. I thought about this. Jesus, being all-knowing, and he is. He called her out. You said it right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with right now is not your husband. He's all-knowing. You know what? It was no coincidence. I thought about this. Jesus gets to the well first and sits down. The disciples keep going. But you see, Jesus was interested in doing the will of his Father. And the will of his Father was to save sinners. That's what he's interested in. So Jesus lets the disciples keep going. And in his all-knowing mind, knows that, I'll just say it this way, a harlot is fixing come walking down the road. You know what Jesus does? He wakes up that morning and maybe looks at his whole day knowing of what it would bring. Think about that. I mean, I'll wake up in the morning. Matter of fact, before I go to bed tonight, I'll go on the Google calendars and I'll look at my day tomorrow and what we've got lined out to do tomorrow. But here's the thing. Any of that could change at any given moment. But when Jesus went to bed the night before and looked in his day planner for the next day, it was going to happen. Because he was all-knowing. And as he looks into his day planner for the next day, he goes... Well, you know what? There's going to be an old girl from Samaria. An old Samaritan girl that's a harlot, that's lived a life of sin, that's wicked and that's vile. And you know what? Those 12 out there is too good to talk to her. So they're going to pass her by. But I think tomorrow I'll sit down at the well and I'll wait on her. I got real good news. If you come into church this morning, he was already here before you got here and he knew everything about you uh, before you already got here and you didn't scare him off uh, with your past. Uh, he already knew it before he ever died on Calvary. But in his grace uh, and in his mercy and in his love, he still died so you could live. Oh, His grace, His grace. He looks beyond her fault and sees her need. I see His grace this morning, a wonderful Savior. But I see this. I'm moving quickly. I see this. I see His gift. I see His gift. Look at verse number 14. Let's just pick up verse number 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living. Did you catch that? Living water. Not just water. Living water. 
Look down in verse number 13 for the second time. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The gift that he gives her. Jesus promised this woman that he could give her a drink of living water. Now, I don't know how many times I've preached out of this passage of Scripture. But this week studying verse 13 and verse number 14 has the same word in it and it caught my attention. Drinketh. Look what he said in verse 13. Whosoever drinketh of this water. But look in verse number 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him. So many of you know I love to do word studies. So I began digging on drinketh. Can I show it to you this morning? Can I, can, I, can, I, can I just give you what I found out about this? If you don't get help out of this, your helper's broke, okay? Look at this. The word drinketh, verse number 13 and 14, are worth noting. In verse 13, the word drinketh is in the present tense, active voice. What Jesus is saying in verse number 13 is this. Even if you keep on drinking the water from this well, you're going to get thirsty again. That is a fleshly well. That is a well that's dug by man's hand. And you want me to tell you what the flesh will do? It will keep you thirsting <clears throat> you want me to tell you the reason the dopehead is trying to get his fix today? Because he's drinking out of a fleshly well. You want me to tell you the reason the drunk will return to a drunken stupor tonight? Because he's drinking out of a fleshly well. But watch this. However, the word drinketh in verse 14 is in the eritus tense active voice. In verse 14, Jesus is saying, But whosoever takes just one drink of the water that I shall give him, he ain't never going to thirst again. This world will never satisfy you. Hear me this morning. This world will never satisfy you. And if you only drink out of the well of this world, I promise you, you'll live a life of misery. But if you'll get one drink, one drink, that's all it took was one drink of the water of life. You know what? I've had an artesian well burbling over inside of me ever since then. I thought about this in other words. Jesus is promising that just one trip to him will satisfy the soul forever. Come start playing softly. You may have tried it all. And if you have, I think I can safely say that it has left you feeling empty and unfulfilled. But if you will come to Jesus, receive him into your heart and life, he will save you 
and forever satisfy the deepest cravings of your heart? Would you rather keep drinking from a well that'll never satisfy? Or would you rather take one drink of a well that'll absolutely satisfy? What Jesus is offering, listen to this, He is offering satisfaction and salvation for your soul. He is offering you the opportunity to have all your sins forgiven. He is offering you the opportunity to be right with God. He's offering you the opportunity to miss hell and spend eternity in heaven. When Jesus says all of that to her, note what she says. The woman saith unto him, Sir, Sir, Hey, Sir, give me this water. You know what she's saying? Here's what she's saying. She's saying, my life is a life of misery. And you know what I wonder? Now don't write me off right here, okay? Don't die on me right here. But she's humanity. She's just flesh. I wonder in the backside of her mind, Brother Wade, if she thought something like this. Well, I've tried everything else. What's this going to hurt? I've tried everything else. He's a Jew. He's decided to stop by and talk to me. So what's it going to hurt if I try this? I guarantee you when he first said, Thou hast well said, for thy had five husbands. I bet immediately in her mind she began to think about the nights prior to that, where did I meet this man at? What did I do with this man? You gotta understand her lifestyle, church. And all of a sudden she realizes, well, there's something different about this guy. So I think I'll listen to him. So in this passage, we see a wicked sinner. We see a wonderful Savior. The number three this morning, and I'm not gonna preach it, because I've preached all morning to get here. But y'all are ready to go home. I see a world shaken. Are you hearing me? I see a world shaken salvation. You say, why do you say world shaken? Over 2,000 years later, and we're still talking about that harlot that Jesus met down there at the well. So preacher, can God do anything with my life? 2,000 years later, we're still preaching about this old harlot right here. It might not be helping nobody, but it's helping me. When she gets here, her activity is changed, her ambitions are changed, and her acknowledgement is changed. You know what she does? She leaves her water pot and goes running back into the city. Watch this. To all the men not to the women but to the men why the men because that's who she knew the best she says this just come see a man which told me all things that ever I did is not this the Christ and you know what happens in John chapter number 4 quite possibly uh, definitely one of the top 5 revivals that's ever been in the world breaks out probably the top 3 
probably the top two and the only one that probably exceeded it was the revival at Nineveh. There was probably the only other revival in, 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 in history that exceeded this revival. But watch this. Why? Because a harlot gave her life to Christ. Because a wicked, vile sinner said, I'm tired of the life that I'm living. I want you to see something. I'm not going to preach this. The woman moved from not knowing Jesus to proclaiming Him as Messiah. In verse number 9, He's a Jew. In verse number 11, she calls Him Sir. In verse number 19, she calls Him a prophet. But in verse number 29, she said, He's Christ. He's Christ. You see, when you meet Him, When you meet Him, He'll change everything about you. He'll change your view of Him. I knew about Him my whole life. All I ever knew was church. That's all I ever knew. But I'm going to tell you something. July the 20th, 1994. I got up saying, That's my God. He changed everything about me. And you may have come this morning thinking, can God use my life? Can God do something with me? I want you to hear me right here. Every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, are sinners. Nobody in this church is better than nobody else. Because I've got a suit on today does not mean that I'm better than nobody else. If you'll come by between 9 and 2 tomorrow when I'm in the office, more than likely I'm going to have a pair of blue jeans on and a button-up shirt, and my shirt tail's going to be out, more than likely. And my shoes may not even be tied. It just depends on how I feel when I get up in the morning. Just because i got a suit on, just because Brother Jerry's got a suit on, just because some lady may be dressed in what we consider the finest, modest apparel don't mean nothing today. When you come to Christ, the ground's level at the foot of the cross. And you may have walked in here today going, man, I just wonder if God do anything with me. If God took a harlot in John chapter number 4, and taught her how to worship Him and sent revival to Samaria, God can do something with you. If God took a preacher's son that could care less about the things of God when I got saved, I went to church because I had to, Bailey. I didn't want to, I had to. I sit back and me and Brother Matt Anderson was talking the other night about how good the Lord has been to think that God lets us do this, Brother Josh. He lets us serve Him. He lets you sing in the choir. He lets you raise your hand. I promise you God loves you and God will change your life. You're going to keep drinking out of that fleshly well. The things of the world never satisfied her. Fornication and adultery 
never satisfied her. Men never satisfied her. Alcohol never satisfied her. Oh, but there was a day that she just went to get a drink of water. And they just happened to be a man sitting there that knew everything about her. That same man sitting at Amazing Grace this morning wanting to change your life. If you'll but let him. Some of the greatest soul, I'm trying to hush, but some of the greatest soul winners I know today is people that live some of the wickedest, vilest lives. Some of the greatest Christians I know today is people that come from a rough, checkered background. Let me tell you the reason why they're some of the greatest Christians I know. It's because they know what the other side of the fence is like. And they realize how much peace and joy and happiness there is on this side. There's a gracious God that'll change your life if you'll let Him.